0: Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Westbridge Church podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougal, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Week number 7 of our Purify series. Thanks for being here with uh I know Another weather event today, but hey, we made it. As we were worshiping, I was just nudged to tell you again what goes on in my heart. I love you, as our uh, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, and so thankful to get to to uh, go hard after our Lord together. Don't hurt yourself on the way to church, though. All right, (laughs) I know I'm kind of the I'm gonna be here whether we cancel services if it's uh, 20 inches of snow or 20 below zero. And that's not wind chill. That's my attitude. But um, those of you with, with uh, ladies and children and et cetera, if it's icy, um, please uh, be safe, which I know you guys know that. But anyway, good to be together, though. And thank you, Lord, for the chance to gather. And week seven on our 10-week journey, we have three more weeks. And isn't that a great thought? March the 10th is when we're, we're going to be wrapping this up. But last week, we we went after our words. We're in that... Really that focus of, okay, each week let's look at one area of our lives that, the, that God desires to purify so that we might go be a blessing, be, be more effective in, in being the blessing that he's created us to be. So last week we, we, uh, we went after our words and we installed a filter, which Wes mentioned. When, before we go, go to talk, is it, will it hurt or will it help? And then we, we prayed, prayed it on with this simple prayer to Psalms 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And did anyone else experience the, the benefit of praying this prayer throughout the week? I can think of several, or actually just one uh, very vivid conversation where as I was uh, listening, I was <laughs> just praying that, Lord, may the, wor- the, the uh, words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And the Lord filtered what I was about to say. I just had to swallow those words and go home with my journal. Thankful I did. And it, um, I know, helped that relationship. But, uh, but also, I think the igniting vision that I, I did not see coming until we hit that truth last week was just the incredible opportunity we have with our 10,000 words a day to deliver the grace of God. Isn't that a, a just a neat thought we're in that text, Ephesians 4, 30, uh, 29, where he says, so that it may grace those who listen. And so I was thinking about 10,000 words a day, but in reality, we probably don't use all 10,000 to deliver grace because there's some junk words that we just, you know, news, weather, sports, and hey, you know, where's this or that, and stuff like that. So what out of 10,000 words, how many words do we actually use as like deliver the grace of God, do good for others? Probably, what if we said 2,000? So 2,000 words a day, so times how many days a week do we actually do spit out 2,000 words of grace? I know in my life, probably just take out two days worth, right, because I'm just not on, and it's better I just don't say anything, so we'll just say, what if we all say 2,000 words of grace five days a week? That's 10,000 wor- words of delivering God's grace. Now, multiply that times 500 of us. So how many, somebody who's a math guy, girl? What is 500 times 10,000? Anybody have that or punch that into your phone real quick? Five. How, how many uh, words is this? This is cool when you see this. What, how, what was it? Five million opportunities to go deliver the grace of God. That's a movement, right? I mean, if, if we all go out and do that in our environments... We're starting a movement of some, so that was just the thought, just whatever environment that, that we go into this week, seizing the opportunity, Lord, is there a, a word of grace you want me to speak into someone's life, and, and just wherever, you, however, whatever that would look like, and it just gives you a purpose and joy and another um, avenue to wake up and go uh, each new day, doesn't it, so that was where we are, we were last week, but today we enter into A tough arena because you can't see it. And because we can't see it, we tend to minimize it. Get around to that sometime, but it may be the most important arena that we purify. And it's that arena of our thoughts. If we will purify our thoughts or begin this process, the implications in terms of being a blessing for the glory of God, the good of those around us, are are massive. You say, why is it so important to purify our thoughts God answers this question for us over in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where he says, Romans 12, 12 is that pivot where Paul moves from explaining just the incredible salvation that we've received in the mercy of God on us. And he pivots into, okay, because of all this, this is how we, we are to be living. Verse 12 says, therefore, based on all that God's given, done for us. I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, here it comes. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. The idea of being squeezed into really our our culture's way of of living, thinking, doing and there are patterns in each culture the idea is those who, who in, within our culture, um, those who are not committed to following Christ, says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed is the word from which we get our word metamorphosis. It's changed from the inside out. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing perfect will. Is it possible for you and me? To live our lives the way Jesus would live them if he were in our shoes. Is that possible? hope of, of this life, isn't it? When Jesus says, come follow me, he, he means that. And so, okay, how then? How, how do we do this? And this text reveals it. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now, as, as our mind is renewed, then we're able to discern the will of God. The, and don't you love how he says it? His but it's a good path, pleasing or satisfying, and then perfect or complete of God. It's by the renewing of our minds that we become like Christ, and then we, we live our lives the way Jesus would live them if he were in our, our context. So that brings us to the, the next question, which, which will frame our, our conversation, and that is, how do we renew our minds. Like what what does that look like? And to help us we'll we'll do some artwork here that it helped me think through it and, and see the big picture and hopefully this will help just get stuck in our minds. But imagine our mental landscape has is really like you have the sea or, or an ocean and we'll we'll put ourselves in a, in a boat here floating in this raft. It's 80 degrees out sunshine. That's a good thought for today. But uh and here's our, here's our thought life, things that we're, we're thinking. Down here underwater, we have, we'll call this the sea of negativity. These are the thoughts that um, when our thoughts drop down here, we begin to, as the human psyche just begins to, to die, basically. I love the way Paul says it in Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the Spirit, set on the Spirit, is life and peace, and so a good, good, uh, good world up here. Good, um, we're able to breathe and live, and we come alive when our when we're following the thinking that God calls us to follow. But when our thoughts drop down into the into the sea of negativity, or when our thoughts are tainted with things that, that we were never created to think, that's when. The, the word that Paul uses death, but it's just separation from God, separation from who he created us to be, and, and even our relationships begin to disintegrate. So now the, the, the crucial question really to this is, as we, as we think about our thought life, am I thinking above the line or below the line? Am I thinking the thoughts that God calls me to think or below the line? Is really the, the core question that, that we'll go after today. So what is a tainted thought? And there's not an exact answer to this, but I'll, I'll throw out some ideas. You can, even on your own, be thinking, what, when your thoughts are tainted, what is that? What's that look like? And here are some, thought, some ideas to, to help flesh this out. A tainted thought is any thought that distorts or dims our view of reality. What is real? Truth. It, it taints the truth. A tainted thought is a thought that, that clouds the goodness and the greatness of God. So when we drop down into this, the sea, and we can't see God as he is, his goodness and his greatness, tainted thought. A tainted thought is a thought that distorts our view of who God is, what he's promised to us, what he's done for us, and what he calls us to do. A tainted thought is a thought that creates confusion around who we are as people and how he calls us to relate with one another, relate with ourself, Attainted thought is any thought that pulls us down into the realm of what is not true, what is not right, and what is uh, really what is negative. So, as you think about your those moments when your thoughts are tainted, what what's that look like? And I was three big ones that came to my mind was the big first would be the big fear. Another would be the big temptation or that forbidden fruit, and then the other would be, another would be the big hurt, so this would be thinking about someone, a problem person in my life, and just dwelling on that hurt, when I, what happens when fear becomes just all-consuming, what we're thinking about, can't, can't break out of that, we drop down into that cycle of just being afraid of whatever that may be. Can paralyze us, can it? In terms of life mission. Every one of these, though, are at the core of each of the. There's a lie about what is true about God, about what He called us to. Big temptation, the uh, the forbidden fruit when we're back in the garden, Adam and Eve. You know, they eventually disobeyed God. ate of the fruit that they were called not to eat of. But where did it start? It started with thinking about that fruit, when we start thinking about what we know is not going to please God and and help those around us, we end up uh, often taking that fruit. And then the big hurt, when we're just thinking about what's negative in the person. You you experience this if you're married or have a relational conflict. So easy just to begin dwelling on that hurt, that one thing, and what happens to to the relationship. It's a time bomb. If this is how we're thinking. And so the question becomes, okay, we see the reality that, that there's, um, it's important how we think. I think we could all quote the truism. We, we've heard it. Um, sow a thought, reap a what? Reap an action. Our, our thoughts precede our actions. Sow an action, reap a what? A habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. And we felt that. I'm sure we've all, we could point to moments in our own lives that, that we've drifted into the sea of negativity, our, taints, our thoughts are tainted, and man, life travels around that. It hurts when we see those we love thinking this way, doesn't it? Where you, you can see it, somebody you love as you watch them process a, an issue, and they're believing a lie about reality, or they've lost sight of the goodness of God, or all they can think about is the negative, and it just, life unravels when our thoughts are tainted. What Paul said is so true. The mind governed by this, the flesh, it, it's death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So the question becomes, if, if thoughts matter, how do we think right? How do we purify our thoughts so that, that we're... Um, so that we know the will of God, we're, we're able to, to live like Christ. And that's where we get to the good news today. And God has given us a, a clear word. It's one verse tucked away in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it, it really is a thought purifier. If you were to put this in terms of a football play, this is called Blue Sky 48 on 3. Okay, Blue Sky 48 on 3. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Join me there. We'll, uh, we'll just soak in this one verse. It says this. Paul is writing. He says, finally, brothers and sisters. Now, when Paul says finally, he's trying to wrap up a thought that he started up, up in verse one of this chapter where he's calling the, uh, these, these followers of Christ to stand firm in the Lord. He says in verse one, therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. And then he goes to pleading with two ladies who are are not getting along with each other. Get along, get along, get along. Then he moves into rejoice in the Lord always and be gentle because the Lord is near. And then he says, whatever you're worrying about, stop worrying and start praying. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. And then we get to this verse, finally, brothers and sisters. And quick side note, when he says brother and sister, and he says this all throughout this letter, he's reminding us, He's writing to people who are part of the family, and it's the family of of faith. Those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is a really big assumption when we come to what we're about to do. This move to think right, it starts with a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. We have the power to think right because of our relationship with Him. And if you haven't come to a point in your life where you've trusted Christ as your Savior that you understand that he came to earth fully God, fully man, to die in your place, was resurrected, and offers eternal life to everyone who believes in him. If you haven't received that gift, then that's your next step. And I'd love to talk with you, or all of us would love to to help you um, take that step. But as brothers and sisters, he says, okay, finally, brothers and sisters, here it comes, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so here's the the thought purifier. The imperative in this passage is think about such things, dot, dot, dot. The command in this text is think. Now, when God says to us, think about such things, what's, what's he revealing about us as humans in our human nature? We are responsible for what we think, right? We can control what we think. and In fact, we're called to manage what we think. And as followers of Christ, we are to be thinking about some things that we may not normally be thinking about good, think, really core truth here, think about such things is a call to manage that that thought loop that comes rolling through our minds, so that when we're tempted to, to drop down here into the sea of negativity and think about the fear, dwell on the fear, that when we're um, tempted to allow our self-talk to drift into just drilling down on that person that's driving us crazy and that thing in their life that's driving us crazy, the big hurt or even the big temptation. We're called to do something with those thoughts. Paul says you can fill his passion in 2 Corinthians 10 where he says, I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We're We're to own our thinking, manage our thinking, and think about such things. Think up. As I, when blue sky, image that comes to my mind is I just um, think up is, is to be the way that we're we're to be thinking. And so he uh the next question then if we're to manage our thinking is okay what are we to think about? And he's just walked us through this and as a couple of commentators saw a pattern here that, that I'm seeing as well. Three thought clouds as we the things that God calls us to think about. And the first one was whatever is true and noble. The two are related. Whatever is true, it's interesting. He starts with true, and how do we know it's true? Through his word. Say, so, all right, let your thoughts be true, so that you're not believing lies that that would uh, would really lead to lead to pain and um, derail your life mission. Think about what is true, and then the word noble carries the idea of it's. It's living in light of the truth. So noble things. As we, as we live in light of what we know to be true, what are those noble things that that, that would lead us to? This, uh, and I, I just love the way, if, if we're thinking what is true and what is noble, how it pulls us up out of the big fear, the negative um, thinking spiral of living in fear. And what, what would be your big fear as you do life? And I know one of my big ones was, I'm going to run out, right? I'm not going to have enough. Not going to have enough. Not going to have enough. And when I start living under that lie, I, I get hard to live with, with the people around me. And, but when I think about what's true as a child of God, what's the one thing he told me? John, you're going to have enough because you're a child. Hebrews 13, got the promise. Philippians 4, 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to, to his riches in Christ Jesus. And we go blue sky with it. The uh, the next thought cloud that he gives us in this text is whatever is right and whatever is pure. The word right carries the idea of action. The, the, what does love demand of us in this situation? What would be right before God, right before others? And we're thinking about that. And then the pure So if the right is outward action, the pure is what's going on in our heart. And it's neat how this aligns with our Purify series. It's doing the right thing with the right heart. And as we think about these things, it pulls us up out of the big temptation, doesn't it? So so we're not thinking about the forbidden fruit. And man, why can't I have some of that? And, And what we know, when God puts the circle around that, whatever it is that we're not to have, it's for our own good. But there's that discontent that draws us to it. And if... I was thinking one of the, the truths that, that is so helpful here with right and pure is uh, sexuality is one of the things that just wipes us wipes a lot of guy, guys especially out. And if you take the truth Proverbs chapter 7 and just plug that in. So whenever the, the forbidden fruit comes up, turn to, to Proverbs 7 and start reading that. And a graphic picture of, you know, Lady Lust is, is and the, the writer Solomon, if, don't even go near the door of her house because if she can drag you in and she'll tell you you're all this and she's got all that but if she drags you in and puts her arm around you you'll feel a something funny in your kidney and it'll, it's a knife. She, she'll take your life. And he says her, the door to her house is actually a highway to, uh, to death and you look, you open that door and there's a pile of strong men who are just stacked up nothing but bodies and you think whoa think that thought lifts us up out of the temptation. We, we don't want any of that. Then he, he goes on and he says to the third thought cloud, whatever is lovely and whatever is admirable. And the word lovely is that idea of or attractive to, to you. So it's a personal um, preference thing where whatever it is that causes you to say, I just love that. And it could be a simple thing. Could be a, a very meaningful thing, but I just love that. What what is that thing that you just love to be thinking about that? And then the word admirable is a a broader category where it's something so lovely that we all admire it. And we talk to each other about it. So like the sunshine yesterday was so admirable that it's like, hey, wasn't that nice to just soak in a little bit of sun and uh think about these things? And then Paul does something that's and by the way, what if in our conflict situations, the big hurt, the, per- the problem person in your life that's just, can get your mental world dropping down into the sea of negativity, what if you think about that person, what is lovely and what is admirable? You say, well, they don't have anything lovely or admirable about them. Well, they do, right? <laughs> if nothing else, God made them in his image and, and Jesus died for them, but, uh, but then, and then even to go praise them, admire admirable, and what would that do to, to our relational world? And then I love what Paul does in the text. Paul gets fired up, and he gives us all these things. Whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and then it's almost like he thinks, uh-oh, they're never going to remember all that. And so he sums it up in the text with two words. Whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So excellent would cover these two areas. It's the, I, the idea of virtuous, and then praiseworthy would would cover the uh, the lovely and the admirable. So now to bring it home. How do we live this out? How do we plug this into our everyday life? And we'll go with three tips that this would be great to discuss in your small group. We'll scratch the surface here. But uh, great um, starters. The first is remember that purifying our thoughts is not to stop thinking about something but to start thinking about something. Interesting, he says, think about such things. He doesn't say stop thinking about the big fear, big temptation, big, but rather start thinking about what is right, what is true. And so when we find ourselves caught up in the sea of negativity, the the way out is not to, okay, how do I get over that? But rather, just lift your eyes to what is right, true, pure, lovely Adam. And by the way, just side note, who, who is all of these things? <laughs> and I return back to Hebrews chapter 12 again and again, where it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, great starting place, just looking at him. He is all of this, and his promises are all of, all of these. But really important, I think, in, in understanding how our, our mental world works, did anyone else struggle with nightmares when you were a little, little guy or girl? I, that was a, uh, an issue for me, especially after we watched the werewolf movie, which uh, messed me up. Werewolves just filled up my dreams, and I wouldn't even get out of bed. I'd just scream, Mom! And she'd eventually come into the room, and she'd tell me what is true. She'd pray with me. But if she had left at that point, I would still have been in the same predicament, because I knew there was a werewolf behind the door. And as soon as she walked out, he's coming after me. So what would she do? She'd say, now, John, think of the most wonderful place that you, you can think of. And for me, it was easy. I thought of family camp where we go up north with the church family, family, and, and I, could, I can see the picture, the scene right now, the scene of the lake and the, the water, afternoon sun glistening off the water and being there with friends and fun and family. And I could fall asleep with a, hat, with a smile in my thoughts. Why? Because I, was, I didn't stop thinking about the werewolf. I started thinking about this beautiful scene. And so it is as we, uh, as we seek to purify our thoughts. So I think it's strategic that we, if, if we understand or what, what's the big fear, big temptation, big hurt, that we're ready with a happy thought or a happy truth or a, a rock-solid truth from God's Word. So whatever your big fear is, have a promise ready to go. You know, for all these, I was thinking this week, Last year, we our theme was uh, hope and raise the shade, and really living our lives based on the unfailing love of God. But heaven, <laughs> isn't that a great thought to think and just to treasure? Heaven, um, really, it works in in any of these, but uh, but what, whatever it may be, to uh, to allow that to to be our go to thought. All right, second tip would be to ask ask the question, in what way in my thought life am I following culture or following Christ? In what way has culture influenced my, my thinking in a way that's maybe dragging me down into the sea of negativity? And then what are the action steps I need to do take to just not go there? And to not, as Paul says in Romans 12, to not follow the pattern of culture. The one area that that immediately came to my mind is that whole just general negativity that that can be in culture that causes us to to grumble and complain. And I was thinking, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you almost don't fit in unless you're complaining (laughs) about something? (laughs) And I, I caught myself one day doing this, I think it was down at, as I was walking into workout and the guys were standing around talking. And I I went in and I complained about, I think it was the weather or something like that. I didn't care about the weather. I was fine with the weather, but to fit into the conversation, I had to complain. (laughs) And I'm like, that is, God calls us up out of that specifically in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 that says, do everything without grumbling or complaining so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And so that's one example, but great question just to ask. As culture thinks. In what way are, could we be tempted to, to drift along in that pattern of, of thinking that may not be right? And then the last tip is a uh, to help us apply this to our lives. Answers the question that, that is that can be troubling in that how do we live our lives floating through this sea where we do have to deal with problems that are that are really saturated with evil and just bad situations? How do we drop down? I was thinking about our police officers. You go out every day into this world where where you're having to look at this stuff that really is just a sea of negativity. I was sitting around with um, our edu- educators this week and just remembering that there's a lot of negativity that, that it's just dealing in our, our world. How, how do we keep up with our responsibilities and, when we're, and still think about such things and um, live a life that's where our thoughts are being purified as we have to deal with all this? And the image that came to my mind was scuba diving. Was us pack some oxygen, the, uh full of these things, full of this air, and then drop down with that oxygen on, the, on your back. And when you feel yourself running out of oxygen, just go to the surface. Get away with the Lord and just say, Lord, okay, um, breathe these thoughts. Think about these thoughts. And then when you're full again, drop back down in. Daniel, I was picturing him in Babylon. So he's in Babylon, culture that was anti-God, and yet he thrived. How did he do that? Discipline. Three times a day, it was his rule of life. He would kneel before God and just pray, but really fix his eyes on God, breathe this air, what was true, what was right, and then he'd go back down into the, um, deal with the issues around him. Okay. So a disciple is anyone who makes it their ultimate goal in life to live our life the way Jesus would live it if if he was in our shoes. Is it possible to do that? The answer is, oh yeah. Metamorphosis, Romans 12. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So how do we renew our minds? How do we purify our thoughts? Think about such things. Four words. If you remember four words from today. Truth out of God's word. Think about such things. It's play, call this play Blue Sky 48. Blue Sky 48. Think about such things. What if we did this? What if we we just said, anytime I I catch myself dropping down into the sea of negativity, I'm going to take God at his word and I'm going to think about such things. What would be the impact for the glory of God, for for your own joy, but for the good of, of those around us? It starts to get exciting, doesn't it? But as I said at the start, this is hard this is a hard place to purify because it's unseen and being real I'm a, tend to be optimistic but I just have to be realistic in this moment the odds of 25 of us going out here today out of here today and saying man I'm going to get serious about purifying my thoughts i'm going to think up are pretty slim odds are it's just going to be back out to life as it is right because why No one knows what you think. It's like that closet at home that that is tucked back in the corner that you know company's not going to see. And it's a total, looks like a bomb went off in there, but you don't care. Why? No one's going to see it. So it is with our mental world. Am I right? I mean, we we value it. We know the thought, but we'll get around to it. So thank you, Lord. Tyson came through. We have a brain transmitter that it's the size of a dime. We've got 500 of these we were able to acquire. You put it on the back of your brain, and it will uh, transmit your thought flow into our database so that we can watch each other think. And then we work to deal with Tim Wright. That sign down at the bottom of 36, we're going to own that this next week, and we're going to transmit your thoughts onto that as well. We can only do one hour per person due to the number of us we'll put your picture up there next to it and then we can all encourage each other on how to think but good news we're not going to start this till tomorrow morning so we have this afternoon to purify our thoughts now what would it look like if if that could really happen can you imagine what we'd all be doing this afternoon with our thoughts just like oh okay okay we got to clean these up got to clean these up <laughs> think up think up think up Right? But the one who matters most, he sees our thoughts, even now, doesn't he? And the reality is how we think will impact. It will become visible through words, through actions. And so what a gift God has given us here. Simple calling. Think about such things. And as we do, he transforms us. He changes us. I love the way he says it in 2 Corinthians 3.18. As we contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed. Same word, metamorphosized. We're being changed into his image, glory, glory by glory. It's like step by step. So that each week we could turn to each other and say, hey, you look a little bit more like Jesus this week. How? Purify our thoughts. Thinking up. as he's called us to... Would you join me in prayer? Father, we do. Thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for the hope of of change, of becoming more like you, Jesus. And we pray that as we uh, go out into our everyday life this week, that we would just receive your word to us today, that we would think about these things, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters in in my own heart, as I know there's areas of... uh, bondage that we have that we believe a lie about a certain area of our life, and we're, we've we been thinking this way our whole life, and it's hard to come up out of it, but Lord, I pray that that by your power that we would lift our eyes to the truth of who you are, what you've called us to uh, to do, to be, to think about reality, and that through all of this that we would be better equipped to go be a blessing. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.